0: This episode of Dopey is brought to you by Aloe Recovery. Aloe is located in sunny Southern California. Are you looking for a great rehab? Aloe is a great rehab. Why is Aloe a great rehab? It was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friend Evan Haynes, their friend Bob, and their other friend Jared, and it was created so addicts could go to some place where they're treated compassionately. It's an amazing idea. I've been to so many rehabs and been treated Not great. I I haven't been noticed. And in Aloe, the idea is for the addict to feel a part of it, uh, to be treated with compassion and not to feel controlled. I've been to rehab a million times and I felt controlled. They treat co-occurring mental health disorders. They offer a very comfortable detox, which is really important if you're kicking heroin or benzos or alcohol. They have crazy amenities. I don't know, that sounds good to me to go to a rehab with crazy good amenities. They have surfing, they have sound bath meditation, they have equine therapy. Uh, It's a beautiful place. If you're fucked and you're in sunny Southern California and you need help, I would go to Allo. All right, all you fucking addicts and alcoholics out there who are single and looking to mingle, check out the Clean and Sober Love app. The dating app for people who choose this way of life. It was created by one addict helping another addict to date safely. So here's the reality. You got clean and sober. You got a new fucking life. And now you're ready to date. So where are you supposed to look? Clean and sober love is the fucking solution. Dating and recovery is real and worth considering if your own house is in order. Clean and sober love is the platform where you can meet like-minded people All over the world. Install the app now on the App Store or Google Play Store. Oh, and by the way, it's completely free. Check it out. This episode is also brought to you by listeners like you and the Dopey Nation through the Patreon page. Uh, If you love the show and you want to help out, give a buck or two, give whatever you want. Don't give anything. It's cool either way. I just want you to know about the Dopey Patreon. If you guys want stickers or hats, you just Venmo me. If you want t-shirts or hoodies or long sleeves, uh, go to com. Enough with the ads. Here is the show. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave, and I'm in my father's kitchen in Manhattan. And on the phone, it's a pretty fucking big guest for us, to be honest with you. He's totally an addict in recovery, and he knows about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And his name is Jack Osborne. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: It's a it's a, it's a rare joy to have somebody as 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 big time as you on our rinky dink show. So
1: thank you. Oh man, if, dude, if I'm if I'm big time for you guys, this must be a rinky dink show. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's what I'm saying. But the cool thing is,
0: you're the most big time um, guest. Um, but
1: no, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And yes, I uh, I am very much in recovery. Yeah, I'm going story.
0: I No, but it's not. It's. I think it's the the most interesting thing to me about your addiction story is that you got clean so young right
1: i did yeah i got clean very young i was, I was uh, 17 that's crazy yeah so was, uh, so you're you're
0: 33 now correct I am. Yeah. so you got yeah. 16 you see i resent people like you that's part of my story that i resent young people who got clean which might be crazy of me. Do you find a lot of, like, older people in recovery resent young people who get clean or just really sick ones?
1: I just, no, I just think they kind of look at you like, oh, you're not really an addict then. Like, that's, even, you know, even my dad, even my dad has said to me, he's like, yeah, I actually, I don't think you're an addict. And I'm like, What? I'm like okay, okay. I
0: mean, that's great. It's I like do? it's like how many ways can you disappoint your father when you're not you're not even an addict to him? That's exactly. Funny.
1: I can't even be. I can't even be a good enough addict for him.
0: Well, that's amazing because I mean, like, forget about the fact that your father is Ozzy Osbourne. We're gonna we're gonna put that on the side for now, but, mm-hmm. because we'll just we'll just say that your father is an addict and an alcoholic. You know. Yeah. So you you is. you came up in a in a family rife with addiction. Um, when did you notice it as a kid?
1: You know, it was kind of one of those things where it, it was always like spoken about. It was always like, oh, oh, you know, be careful. You know, you can't, you shouldn't do drugs, you shouldn't drink. You can end up like your father. Like that was what my mom would have. Jack, I lost you. Great things were. Hold on, Jack.
0: Jack, oh, I lost you, you for some. Now? Time. Yeah, say that again. So your mother,
1: your mother warned okay. you. I would. Yeah, my mom would always be like, "Oh, don't do drugs. Like drugs are bad. You'll end up fucked up, like your father." And then my dad would say stuff like, "Oh, it was amazing. This one time I was on a bunch of acid on a beach, and like would tell this crazy story." And you'd be like, "I'm confused." <laughs> so um, yeah, and then I, I, would my dad would take me to meetings, and you know when he was doing. You know, actually taking care of himself And, but it was It was more, uh, growing up There was kind of more relapses And there was recovery
0: Okay, and, and so what, tell me about Like the draw to alcohol And drugs when you are a little kid Because you were young, I mean, I didn't do drugs or drink till I was like a senior in high school And, and it seems to me no. like you started When you were like 13, 14, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I started about Yeah, for, uh, I just turned 14 so yeah, it was, um, you know what it was? It was more, I I resented being a kid so much. I hated it, and I wanted to be an adult very quickly. Um, and I thought, well, if you drink alcohol, that's what adults do. So, you know, I'll be treated as an adult because I'll be doing what adults do. Okay. Um,
0: and it's it's almost like like you said like your dad's like you're not even an addict when in reality maybe you were trying was it possible that you were trying to like be close to your dad by drinking
1: um i you know may, maybe there was a kind of subconscious um you know something there but i just i don't know it was it was more about wanting to kind of escape the the feelings of being the teenager who was younger than everyone and different and you know because there was that you know everyone was always like oh i i felt different growing up like i was absolutely different growing up my from what my family did to you know the kind of way i was treated at school because of what my family did like you know i'd go to school and kids would Start roasting you Because your dad Bit the head of a dove Like <laughs> That's a weird thing To have to endure When you're already Insecure
0: And even if it was um, a roast Or if it was adulation Either way It may, it set you apart You, were, you know Because yes. I'm sure Just as many kids Were like Holy shit Your dad is the man As like Your dad is a freak But either way It makes
1: you different Than the other kids it's ex- Exactly Like there were You know Yes there were To your point There were You know Very nice You know compliments at times but you know by and large it was it was a lot of kids making fun of it because they don't understand it
0: right and Um, and and compliments for your father are almost like not they're they're the opposite of compliments for you because it's not your life it's like you can't it must be very hard 100 percent.
1: wow you must you get it you get it
0: well you Um, should see my my dad my dad is actually robert plant so i can totally relate <laughs> now, my my dad is like the most opposite of your dad as you could. my dad is this very nerdy uh Jewish uh teacher in manhattan and uh, and he has no idea how this happened to me you know and 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 even to this day he doesn 't understand a thing of it even when you know i 've been in and out of treatment my whole life um, so I, I think I understand it because i 've been reading about you for like ten hours straight. So I've just been trying to sort it out in my head And also, I I watched the Osbournes You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't grow up as a big Ozzy Osbourne fan I was kind of scared of your dad growing up Oh, yeah? I was just not a metal person Like, I was a rock and roll person And in my head, Black Sabbath was scary Oh, okay You know what I'm saying? Like, that was the way I saw it as a kid And I didn't really get into, uh... Your dad's music until I watched Your guy's show on MTV And I was like oh he seems like a nice guy <laughs> You know I, I, didn't, I didn't listen to his music But you came off as a very nice Kid and you came off as like I, I don't know I kind of liked you On the show were you using At the time
1: Yeah so it really kind of ramped up When the show became Something it was kind of, well, actually it was, it was when we started, well, I guess it was right when we started the show. Cause I, I dropped out of school cause I was like, Oh, I'm, you know, my, my best thinking was, Oh, I'm, I'm making good money. Who needs school? Right. Uh, so I left school and I, I was earning really good money. And so what do you do when you're 16 years old on a successful TV show with a very large bank account, you spend it on dumb things like drugs. Um, although I was kind of thrifty with it. Um, I was always, like, I, I was really, it was odd. Like, I didn't, somehow I got away without spending a huge amount of money.
0: Did you steal drugs from your dad?
1: No, because it was really, it was very compartmentalized as far as my dad's addiction when we kind of hit teenage years. Like, he kept things really um, it, yeah he w- it was really odd like we knew he was doing it but yet I was doing it and there was not like any kind of communication about it it was just like a dirty little secret that neither one of us would talk about right and so he didn't know I mean he actually when I was in when I was in middle school he would steal my Ritalin right which is really kind of weird it's like, very wow.
0: funny it's very funny um, <laughs> I'm sorry That's perf- That's a perfect Dopey story That your dad That Ozzy Osbourne Stole your Ritalin I mean Like he can't Fucking get Ritalin What the hell is that
1: that's, that's Exactly Like and he But it wasn't like He stole one Like he just Took the whole bottle And it was like Well the bottle Was in a kitchen cabinet And now it's gone Where did it go My dad's like I don't know
0: Did you know <laughs> like, Straight away That he took it Or did you need Your mother To like give him a,
1: Give you a look Or something Did you just know Right away you know what it was? I think there was the level that no one kind of believed that my dad would that level. Like, really, you're gonna you're gonna steal your kid's medication? He needs to go to school. Um, and so, it became like this odd thing. And it, like years went by before he ever cops actually doing it.
0: Right, right. That's that's interesting because I mean, as an addict, that's what we do. You know what I mean? Like, my mom was dying. My mom died of leukemia, and I stole all of her pills. Um, yeah. But uh, but not to not to say that it's okay either way. What I'm more curious about is when did you get on Ritalin?
1: Um, so I got put on Ritalin when I was about, god, I must thirteen or fourteen, and I hated it. Um, see, I'm a downer kind of person. Me too. Like, me too. I I like I, I don't want to feel like a scared cat on a screen door. Like I want to feel like a melting bowl of ice cream.
0: Yeah, me too. I just want to feel relaxed because I'm so high strung naturally
1: totally yeah i want to i want to turn the world off around me and just veg
0: so they they put you on ritalin to deal with your attention deficit disorder do you feel like that was the beginning of this whole thing
1: no i mean i think i think maybe the physical act of i think it it was almost like um it was a it was a level of grooming because it put in my mind that take a pill feel different right and I, although I didn't like the way it made me feel, I still was now familiar with the action of that, um, and it would elicit a totally different response. Um, and so I think when it came to, when I discovered, you know, benzos and you know opioid painkillers and whatever, like I was you know, the the notion of, well, you just swallow a pill and now I'm totally different. I could uh, if, if Ritalin was okay. This is going to be fine.
0: Yeah, it totally reminds me, it always has reminded me of like magic or a superhero that we get to do this little thing and everything is changed. And what a a fantastic thing that is. Um, uh, What I was going to ask though is like, so you're a kid and your dad is an addict and you're on Ritalin. How did it get to benzos and opiates? Like, like, what was the, the, the progression, and like, how did you... What, what changed inside of you? Just, I mean, I know it happens to all of us, or at least every addict, but I just want to hear your story.
1: I mean, so I've been, I've been smoking pot and drinking, and at this point, you know, the TV shows, like, one of the biggest shows in the world. I mean, I would... I'd be 16 years old, walking around New York City. This happened to me numerous times. I was getting dragged in from the street, from people in bars, and people buying me drinks. Right. And I'm like it's the, dude if I saw a 16 year old in a bar drinking today, yeah. I would I would call the cops. I'd be like this is fucked up. This is a Why problem. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like this is hugely illegal. Um, <laughs> so I it, everything just kind of opened up to me. And you know, it's like there's that always that saying oh when you're famous you can do whatever you want this that and the other da 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 da. I'm like well It is actually very true. I mean, you can get away with so much more, um, especially for the negatives. And so the the progression of it was, you know, big pothead, big drinker. And I ended up breaking my arm. I I was at the beach and I jumped off a pier and broke my arm and they gave me like a bottle of um, Vicodin. And I was like, "Oh, cool! I've got these now. Let's let's hammer them and see what happens." And it was just like instantly on and popping. And I was like, "Okay, this is my thing now." And it just kind of spiraled, and it got to the point where I was doing <clears throat> I was doing probably I don't know between 160 to 240 milligrams of oxycotton uh, a day. Right. Uh,
0: and, you took, yeah. and you'd took snort it or you'd eat it or yeah, what'd you do?
1: Snort it. Yeah.
0: And like, but again, again, not that your dad is big and famous, but your dad was a terrible junkie. What were you yeah. thinking in terms of your own addiction? And you're like, holy shit, this is kind of what my dad is like. This is probably what drew him in. Or what was the thinking there? Like, it, as it related?
1: Really, it, it really didn't, I really didn't relate it because I. I was always like, well, I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad. as. So it it was, you know, I was like, well, I haven't been to rehab and I can stop at any time and I can do this. And and a lot of it was like, uh, you know, and be honest, you know, I would say the, you know, 85% of the time was really, really fun. And it was going to. Awesome events and you know lots of girls and like it was a great time. Yeah, but that but that fifteen percent where it wasn't great was so just crushing to my spirit. It, I just uh, you know that I think that fifteen percent is really what took me down.
0: What was the what was the bad time? Like you when you couldn't and, score uh, or
1: something? You know, and as far as you know, I just I don't know. Like it was you know with my dad. So I just. You should tell me when. Yeah, we're good. Okay. So even with my dad, it was that kind of situation where um, it, it, we he didn't know what I was doing. He, it was very out in the open at this point that he was drinking and smoking pot. Um, but he hadn't touched any of the, the – he wasn't really screwing with painkillers. Um, that didn't really happen until he got in his uh, – he got a bad motorcycle accident in England. Uh, but that was after I got sober And so that's when things really Started to shift
0: Did you guys, I mean you lived in the same house You both smoked weed Would you like smoke weed? Did, would he know you were smoking weed? Was that a thing you did together? Or did he? Or did we you know, keep it private
1: I kept it so separate I never felt comfortable I mean I, I would know that he was doing it He would know that I was doing it But I was always like Fuck, I'm not doing that. That's lame. Like I thought that was. I always. I just. It felt dirty to me to to do that with a parent.
0: Yeah. No. I understand that. I know. Ne- I never got to smoke weed with my dad either, so I can relate. Um. So so when did people? When did you were talking about the fifteen percent of the time we're getting high wasn't fun? What was not fun about it for you?
1: I, I go. I started. I, I developed a sort of depression, you know, like I think we all do and, um, or a form of it. Yeah. And I, you know, there were times of just like you look around and you know, you're getting fucked up with these, you know, late 20 year old, early 30 year old guys. And it's just, it was just miserable and dark and weird and, and lonely. Um, you know, my mom was really sick. She had cancer at the time and it was, You know, it wasn't easy for her or the family because we were like, oh, no, we're going to lose our mother. Um, And so I I just felt very, very alone. And I started having kind of suicidal thoughts. um, And, you know, for me, it was like the best option amongst it all was just to just to kill myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all we all I mean, I know I, I had similar thoughts It's a it's a terrible place to be when you don't know what to do besides get high or not live, right?
1: Um, Totally. It's and it's like a week. And the funny thing is, it's like now that you're sober, you look back and you're like, wow. Like if there's ever a sign of you know the insanity of this disease, like it's like that's it. It's like oh, you're miserable. Just kill yourself.
0: Right. Right. Well, it's also not realizing how final. Uh, death might be, and that life can actually be better. You know that life can yeah. actually get better. So you you're feeling fucking down and out. You you have a suicidal attempt, but it and, and and you live through it. And so you went to you went to treatment straight away. Like how quickly did you go from being totally hooked on oxy's to being uh, sober? Like how many times was it just one time and it was done? Yeah. So what?
1: Uh, so what ended up happening was I, my mom had got better. She finished her chemo. She was kind of on the up and up. And a friend of mine who wasn't really a, an addict, I mean, she was kind of in the group that you know, we were all getting fucked up with, called my mom, like somehow got her phone number and was like, hey, Jack's really fucked up. He's strung out on Oxy. You have to do something. It's bad. And so my mom attempted to... You know, do a, a not planned out intervention, right. and that just consisted of sending two people to like pick me up because I was I was staying at my friend's beach house. So the plan was to pick me up and then bring me to treatment. But there was nothing in place. It was just like get Jack and we'll figure him out. Um, and I did, and I knew what was happening, and I took off running. Um, and I what, and really what what the catalyst was I didn't show up for I was supposed to shoot a pilot for my own TV show for MTV and I didn't show up wow um and like the camera crew was waiting
0: I lost you Jack uh,
1: can you hear me now
0: yeah the camera crew was waiting for you and you, you were getting high
1: yeah and I just didn't I was just too busy getting fucked up at the beach and I just didn't show up and one of those things in hindsight i just like what did you do like fucking asshole um anyway, when it came time for them to, you know, do this old snatch and grab and try and put me in somewhere, I took off running down kind for of the weekend. Um and I came home and my parents were you know, I walked in the door and I'd been gone for like four days. And I just looked at my well, my dad comes to me and he goes. He was like I said, he was not in a good spot at this time. He was like, "Oh, well, if if you go to treat, if you get sober, I'll get sober." And I was like, "Okay." And um, I was like, "All right, I'll go." And he was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?"
0: <laughs> he thought you were going to back out. He, but I mean, I think probably deep down, like. You I mean like You I, It sounds to me Like you were ready To be done And the opportunity To get sober With your dad Seems like an amazing Opportunity
1: Well totally Cause I think that you know, Maybe there, it was a lot of You know And he'll acknowledge it too Like we didn't have A huge amount Like my dad Was not the guy That coached the You know The hockey team And he wasn't the guy That was You know Super active In after school activities And you know My dad toured Constantly Um And so, you know, the longest he ever was home not touring was I think only like maybe 14 or 15 months. So of my entire childhood, that was the longest stretch of time I was with my dad without not seeing him. Um, And so we didn't, I maybe, you know, I think now when I look back at it, I saw it as a way of us to do something together.
0: It was also a way um, to save your father's life And a way for you to, like, be important to him In this really monumental way um,
1: I, I, Yes, from, like, from like the now-recovered mind Like, I, I see that But at the, in the moment, it was Oh, look, it's my dad wanting to do something with me So, um, so
0: like, when you guys started the Osborne show Was that your mom's idea of this is a way to have the family be together and us make money and have Ozzy be home for a bit? Was that like the the thought?
1: No, not at all. It was like MTV had come to us and um, they were like, we have we want to do some work with you. Because we'd done we'd done an episode of MTV Cribs and it rated really well for them. And they used to apparently get a lot of people calling in asking for them to rerun it. So MTV called us and said, hey, initially it was, they were in talks with, for me and Kelly being like VJs. Right. And like in the early 2000s, you get a call from MTV being like, we want you to be VJs. Like, that's like the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, And it ended up, you know, we sat around from kind of spitball, but what if we did like the real world, but it was with us. And that's kind of where we landed. And it was just, we were only meant to do three weeks of filming and see what happened. And it turned into this huge kind of thing. Um, And it was very, and I don't think there was ever any strategy. It was just like, hey, let's do this and see what happens.
0: And you guys were just such a likable bunch. Like, every one of you was a great character. And, like... (laughs) When when you were when you were doing that, was there any like ridiculous moments for you as like a burgeoning drug addict and a burgeoning TV star like did the camera crew almost catch you with pills or almost catch you getting stoned or were there any no, moments no. like that?
1: I was so out in the open with it, but I knew that they couldn't use the footage because I was underage.
0: Like give me an example, so, what do you mean?
1: Okay, so like, there's a there was one episode where you, you know uh, Jason Dill the pro skater was living on my couch for a while he was like it was the weirdest thing and he um one episode i'd gone out to a club and what i used to do is i used to eat ambien in the cab on the way to a bar or a club (laughs) Um, why 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 ambien because you start hallucinating on it and then if you drink on it it's like a weird drunk acid trip okay Really fucked up and terrible to do, not recommending it at all. I understand like, what you're saying. That's <laughs> how people die. Um, <laughs> I got you. And and I'd gone out and I would be, I think I may be in like two or so. I mean, I was fucking, I don't even know what planet I was on. And I came back and Jason Dill and I started having this like road on wrestling match in my front yard. And we are so clearly level 10 fucked up. And, like, I watched, I've, seen, I've seen clips of it over the last few years, and I'm just like, oh, my God. You know, there's that stuff. There was, like, anytime there was a party at the house, we were just doing, doing drugs and drinking. And, I mean, it was, it was very out in the open.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, And so they Like it would have It would have like Cost them To show you doing it Rather than like You You scampering away You knew That they couldn't Really fuck with you With it Exactly Alright so when Your mom finds out Is she just Fucking heartbroken Does she blame your dad Like what is that No I think she was I think it was A combination Of like
1: The fact that I think it was More dealing with like They They thought they Failed as parents You know They it was all happening under their nose but my dad was in his own addiction my mom was really sick with cancer my sister was away recording her album in New York so I was pretty much alone I had no over no one was basically being a parental guardian it was like alright you're there you go you got a, a decent bank account and you know how to call a cab this was pre-Uber so I was I was very much independent and I think that they've Realized wait he's still very young And like what have we done
0: Right right the funny thing is though It's something that I always think about It's like I was raised super overprotected. I would have loved No leash to do what I wanted To do whatever and I still became A fucking heroin addict You know you're off and running Doing whatever you want and you still became Addicted to painkillers Like I feel like there is no rhyme or reason For this thing why anybody falls in Or how anybody gets out what do you think about that?
1: 100%. And you know, and that's something I struggle with as a parent now. You know, I've got three little girls, and yeah, I have, t-
0: I have is... two girls. I have two girls, so I, I can relate. Anyway, continue.
1: And it's like you, you sit there and you're like, okay, how do I play this now? Like they are getting older. They, you know, my seven year old is like, you know, I was actually telling her recently because she didn't know she was. She asked me like, why why don't you drink? And I was kind of telling her why I don't drink and that I had problems with drugs and alcohol and. How did it come
0: up? How did it come up that she asked you that?
1: Um, I forgot. I think it was because I forgot what what it. I don't even remember. Like she asked me, like it was about like alcohol in the house, and I mean I have it in the house just for like when I have like I have wine in case I have like friends over for dinner. Sure, sure. Um, but um, it was you know at her you know her mom and I are divorced, and so at her mom's house, you know her mom's she's the quintessential normie. Um, she does what she and, wants
0: and it's no big deal Yeah, my, my, my wife is kind of the same way
1: uh, And so It's beer in the fridge and I think it came up Like why is that, you know, you don't have Beers in your fridge and why is that
0: That's a very observant seven year old I have to say She is Yeah, that's awesome um, And then you, what did you say, did, did you say daddy has a disease Or what did you say, daddy breaks She's out in like, handcuffs Daddy's disease is doing pushes in the parking lot While I'm hanging out, cool. what did you say
1: I was like, you know, daddy is, you know, daddy gets addicted to drugs and alcohol and I, you know, I I don't do it because bad things happen and it's not like that for everyone, Um, but it's best that I don't do it. Right. And, um, and she was like, oh, but you know, and I kind of, I'm, you know, my plan for them is, you know, you know, I'm fortunate enough to obviously, you know, have some kind of Fund for my kids, and I'm going to tell them like if my thing is just don't do anything until you're 21, until you're 21. And you know, and it's I know that's a bit of a pipe dream, and like cause if someone would have said that to me, but to me, if I'd have been incentivized not to, I think it may have worked.
0: Really, you think it would have been different if they had said that, Jack? I'm losing you, and this is getting good.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, shit. How about now? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you feel like if if you're. Okay, I'm sorry. Again, I'm with you.
1: No, I I think if things had been incentivized differently and I was also presented with actual, you know, scientific information as to why it's better to wait until, you know, you're 21, 22, because of the whole frontal lobe developing and. The brain damage that can happen, and I mean, because I, I was reading, uh, I think Doctor Drew was saying, "Reese, I was, I saw him, and we were talking about uh, the the statistic of becoming an addict um, if you drink after the age of twenty one or twenty two is like exponentially lower."
0: That's fascinating.
1: Yeah, it's something like 70 or 80 percent, you know, less chance of becoming an addict if you don't expose yourself to, you know, mind-altering substances till off to 22.
0: That's interesting. So so yeah. did you – but you can't really explain that to a kid. I mean I, I never wanted to tell my daughter anything about it. And meanwhile, I have a podcast called Dopey. Two of my friends died last summer, and she's like, what happened? You know, what is your podcast about? And I was like, it's nothing. It's inappropriate. You can't listen to it. Like, I said that for, like, a year and a half. And then after, after my friends died last summer, uh, I was like, the podcast is about drugs and probably why you shouldn't use them, and it killed my friends. And she said, uh, well, Daddy, did you do drugs And I said yeah And I was also not with her mother uh, For years You know It took me years to get my family back uh, And and it was recovery that got my family back Obviously Um, And uh, I had to explain that to her But still I'm not Out It's hard for me to try to explain The disease of addiction To my daughter I don't I figure I'm just waiting Until she's a little bit like More sophisticated or whatever Um and you're going to have to explain, like, how strong the genetics of addiction and alcoholism... Oh, I'm losing you now. Oh, really? Can you hear me? And now I can hear you. All right, good. You're going to have to explain uh, how strong your genetics is, your lineage is, with alcoholism and, and fucking addiction, right?
1: Yeah, uh, and that's absolutely... I mean, it's, you know... Uh, but here's the here's the screwed up thing Like for me When my dad would explain how You know And he had this like Legend about being so fucked up You know I think Now I'm kind of thinking about it A part of my using was Well I want to see if I'm that good
0: Right And that's a fucking That's a recipe for disaster And, and that was something else I wanted to talk to you about um, Cause I've had a bunch of uh, Of people on the show Who were kind of uh, You know like Sons of famous people. I had uh, Rob Reiner's son on the show, Nick Reiner, uh, who's probably still actively using. Uh, I had Ashley Hamilton, who's the son of whatever his name is, Hamilton uh, George Hamilton, who's a famous actor, and and I think like. You know, my dad was a good teacher, but I didn't have that sort of pressure on me. And I had the kid, I had Justin Kreutzmann, you know, his, the drummer from The Grateful Dead son, on. And, you know, none of those guys are Ozzy Osbourne, and none of those guys are Jack Osbourne. I think you have distinguished yourself through really hard work, you know, but does it trip you up, the idea of, like, you have something to prove? Y- you know, your father did X, Y, and Z. Why aren't you? Or, like, how do you live with that, like, psychically? Is it is it pressure?
1: You know, it's, I, I think, you know, having done, uh, you know, and continue to do a lot of recovery, you know, and for, and for me, by the way, like, my, my addiction did not stop with just, you know, with putting down drugs and alcohol. Like, dude, I, I'm fucking addicted to everything. Right. You know, everything is not good for me. I, you know, my, you know, my biggest resentment is those people that get sober and get addicted to working out.
0: I thought you were like, one of those people,
1: dude. It's no, it's just <laughs> so to work out. But I am so not addicted to working out, dude. I'm addicted to fucking laying in bed watching Netflix. Like, <laughs> like that's my that's that's my comfort zone. But like,
0: dude, tonight, are you ready for tonight, El Camino tonight?
1: No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tune in for that for sure.
0: Yeah, man, it's a big deal. I'm excited, but back, back.
1: Anyway, it's you know, like you know, addiction to food, addiction to video games. Like, and it's funny. Like, I, I, and here's how I know I'm addicted to things. And I was actually I was talking to some friends about this the other day. Um, I instantly feel like I'm going to piss myself when I'm about to embark on something that is I'm addicted to. So when I sit down to play video games. I get the urge that I have to piss Wow Just like I, when I was about to do drugs Or go pick up drugs Or go drink I got that excited I'm gonna piss myself vibe And it still fucking happens
0: So where does it happen? It happens with video games It happens with drugs Where else does it happen? Yeah,
1: it, like, I think it, it happens with In some cases with gambling Like if I'm on like a good gambling run It'll happen there and it still happens with, you know, and with sex. It's like that That kind of stuff is, it, it but it, it's all things that completely remove myself or remove me mentally from current situation. Right. And it's, and it, it's, it, it, it's very strange, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's, that's my telltale sign if I'm addicted to something.
0: Yeah I don't even know Like I, I, My my tell is kind of like I, I wish it was something like urine Like I, For me it's like It's like literally Like I'm addicted to sweets Meaning like If I start eating something In my head I know there is never enough Like I could eat yeah. a cake I could eat a box of cereal I could eat a box of cookies And I know it's never enough Or or like with television You know I would I, I can't There is not enough fucking TV For me to watch You know Yeah um, and, uh, and I get sad At the fact that I'll have to stop You know and, and I haven't been to a meeting In like 10 days Or something And I'm feeling pretty like squirmy about it Because like I'm not Centered where I can be centered like, And it's like really about asking for help You know like not being crazy And being like can you help me To the universe really You know that, that's my way out You know like how do you, how do you deal with it The same way
1: I mean, I, I still, you know, I don't go to as many meetings as I should. I do go to, you know, I go to, I go to therapy still. And I do go to, I go to like one meeting a week normally. Right. Um, um, and it's more kind of like, you know, what really helps me to like stay in is when I'm on a rigid schedule. Like busy. I do. Yeah. If I, I, if I'm, but don't even like, even like fake busy, like even if there's not a lot of work going on or whatever. If there's not a lot of work going on or whatever, it's, um, I, I will make myself busy. Like, I'll be like, all right, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to at least get up every day and, and do this. I mean, I think having kids has been one of the greatest tools of recovery. Yeah, for
0: me. I feel the same way. Continue.
1: It, you, you have, they have, they do better on a schedule. So I got to be on a schedule with them and I'm up every morning getting them ready for school and, and all that. Yeah. But it's, uh, you know the, the, the having a reason to get out of bed in the morning is the best medicine for me.
0: And I know you were recently, or I don't know how recently, but you were diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, uh, yeah. which seems like a big pain in the ass, and I'm sorry to hear that..
1: Um, so fuck up. I was like, why the fuck did I get sober that? Right? <laughs> well, like if I'm, if I'm fucked anyway, like shit, like I, I fully had that moment.
0: Of course, because you're. But you get you become triple fucked if you're using and have MS and you're not working out. You know, I, I heard you talk about MS and how you deal with it in terms of like your your physical re- uh, re- regime and, and how you keep going. And it just reminded me of recovery. Did Did you look at it the same way when when you got the diagnosis? Like, what was that like?
1: Well, it's funny. Like, I like one of the first people I called was you know this friend of mine um, who is. He got sober super young as well And he's, I mean, he's in his Probably late 40s, early 50s now And he's got, I think he's got like 30-something years
0: Was it Corey Feldman?
1: <laughs> yes, I called Corey Feldman
0: Okay, continue um,
1: No, and uh, I, I called uh, My friend John, and I was like Dude, I just got fucking diagnosed with MS And he's one of these guys who's like One of those super salty Like Doesn't take shit Old timery guys, and he right. was just like, "Well, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Are you gonna be okay tomorrow?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Did you use?" I'm like, "No." And He's like, "And stop fucking complaining about it." Right. And I was like, "Oh, okay." Right. And he's like, "He's like, call me tomorrow." And I was like, "Okay." And that was that.
0: Right. Super simple 100%. kind of thing. Keep it super 100%. simple.
1: Hundred percent. Like, stay present with it and fucking and, and keep it simple
0: and how, how often d- does it flare up like what is that like an MS flare up
1: I have been so freaking blessed that I it, it's been since I discovered it and went on treatment and did some like crazy woogie boogie Germany stem cell treatment and stayed on my treatment plan here in America like I haven't had a significant flare up in a long time
0: that's awesome that's but awesome. it's
1: both good and but it's both good and bad because it's that the the further out you are from your last flare-up, the closer you are to your next flare-up, which is kind of a weird mindset to be in. Um,
0: right, because you don't know when it's going to happen or you feel a little bit too comfortable or too safe yeah. kind of thing. And then you know it can hit you like a fucking ton of bricks or something. Exactly. Right. I hear you. And, and you – I mean – so I, i'm sorry for that but i mean it seems like you're handling it pretty well and your hand i mean it's like you're 33 years old the shit that you've been through it's like an old man you know what i mean it's like so i think that's an impressive thing to be so young and so old at the same time i think that's yeah, good
1: it, i i do have moments of like fuck man i feel old like i always joke i always joke with my friends who like you know on don't don't have necessarily the same same journey as mine i'm like i guys, I'm old as shit, and they're like, no, you're not, you're 33, and I'm like, dude, I've got, you know, I'm, I've been sober since I was 16, 17, I got a divorce, I've got MS, I've got three kids, I'm like, I'm old, dude.
0: Yeah, and they're like, yeah, you're right, you're fucking old as fuck, that's funny, you know, but it's true, but it's a life well-lived, man, you've experienced a fucking ton of shit, are you still producing this show, Portal to Hell?
1: I am, yeah, we just started filming again, um, which is fun. Uh, and wacky and kind of a fun world to be kind of, you know, into. Now,
0: is it like, were you into paranormal shit before this?
1: Yeah, but my thing has always been like conspiracy theories and UFOs. Like that was always my like real paranormal passion. Right. Uh, I love a good conspiracy theory, and uh, and then it was also like you know, growing up like ghost stuff, and you know, we lived in old houses all the time, so. You know some ghost stuff, but mainly UFO conspiracy theory shit. All
0: right, I would love I would love to hear about some of that stuff when you have time to tell me about it. That's I, I'm I'm always fascinated by that stuff. I, I do a catering job right in Manhattan, and I catered uh, three parties in the World Trade Center this week, and oh, wow. uh, you know on the 35th floor of the Freedom Tower, and all everybody that works there is talking about you know what happened. Who did it You know what I mean It's like you don't even Say the words You know You don't say the words Like blown up Or anything like that In that building But it's like The conspiracy Is just so ripe In that building It's crazy
1: Do they Wait so people Wow Interesting So they, they just say They just don't think the, the narrative that we're told Is what it is
0: No No Lots of people in New York Don't You know it, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Because it also like Looked like a controlled Demolition you know, I don't want to talk about it because I'm scared that, like, the CIA is going to come kill me. I have enough problems. We can't talk. Like, we can't talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but I have to tell you, uh, to have you on is a, is a ridiculous honor. And I'll tell you this, um, fucking the fact that uh, Jack Osborne had heard you've heard of the show. Like what? I, I think I've been writing to you on Instagram for three years. Like I've been messaging you for three years. And then how did you notice this time?
1: I just, I just was like I just randomly checked On my In my Inbox And you guys were like I guess it, I just got the timing right and, and you were up high And I was like Oh Dopey dope. And it like it was like Ringing a, In my kind of Weird lizard brain It was like Ringing a bell And I was like I wonder if it is that But I didn't I didn't want to like Put you on blast And be like You know yeah. But um Yeah I uh Yeah dude I, It was funny Because I'm on a I'm on like a text train With about 10 other guys And we've all All known each other For over 15 years And we're all sober And And my buddy Actually posted the NPR story on you And we were You were actually A topic of conversation In my homie thread For a while
0: That's crazy What did they say I can't believe How good that show is What did they say (laughs)
1: Nope. It was just kind of like talking about the story and about, you know, you know, what happened with, you know, your your yeah. buddy. Just yeah. I mean and it kind of led into the conversation of like we were all just talking about how many people we know have died in the last four or five years. Yeah. I mean it dude, it's it's so fucking gnarly right now.
0: Yeah, it's insane. it's insane yeah. because you know, it's like it's a joke that we like to get high. It's a joke that we like to uh not be in our heads but then you get high and you're fucking dead. It's not yeah. a joke. It's like and there's nothing what do you say to somebody?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I it, it, my one buddy in 2 weeks um two two friends of his in recovery, dead. one killed himself another one OD'd, you know? Um my my gull, uh, uh I piss. a friend of mine it lost uh, a friend of hers in March from an OD. It's just like Right. Just long List now And it's kind of like The screwed up thing Is like For me anyway You kind of You're like oh wow It's just You're desensitized
0: Right Right No I mean You are desensitized Until it's your friend I mean like What happened to me Last summer Was one of my best friends Died And six weeks later the host of my My co-host and my other friend Died and no and when I was using Nobody fucking died When I was out there for like 15 16 years I barely knew anybody that Anything happened to besides like Petty charges and like overdoses And coming back and you know Seizures and whatever and I'm Fucking three years clean and and my best Friends die it's insane Um yeah what was I gonna Ask you oh yeah so, I told you it's an honor to have you on the show And I appreciate it I have two more questions, if you don't mind
1: 100%
0: Okay, what's the deal with the Osborns And saying the word cunt Because I was listening to your fucking Your family podcast And your mom is just taking such pleasure In calling some photographer a cunt And I enjoy, I enjoy the word cunt myself And then you were late And you were like, I'm sorry I'm such a cunt So is it just an English thing Or is it an Osborne thing?
1: It's, I think it's an English thing. Um, and, you know, in England, we we tend to use that word a lot more than in America. It's just not that big of a deal. Um, like, I'll I'll call a friend, and literally, he'll pick up the phone and be like, "All right, cunt." He's like, "Yes, I'm fine. Thank you." <laughs>
0: Kelly on the show seemed like very taken aback with all the cunts. Does she have a problem with the word?
1: I think she does. She's not a huge fan of it. She doesn't find it as uh, entertaining as uh, me or my mum. Uh, my dad actually—he never uses it either. Like as as funny as that is he just will never fucking say it. Why do you think that is? I don't know. Interesting. I really? Have, you know what it is? It might be a regional thing because my dad grew up in Birmingham. My mum grew up in London. Londoners tend to say cunt a whole lot more. I at least from what I've kind of gathered and he doesn't really you know i think from being from birmingham he's just like no you don't say that word
0: right right your dad is like a real blue collar guy deep down he's like i could have been a bricklayer or this and now i'm a rock star and i, I love your dad he's a he's a, he's <laughs> wonderful um okay you want to play a quick game I have, I have one more question and a quick game and then you're gone quick game okay you with right. me here yeah. you go which do you prefer? It's just, you answer the question. I'm going to say this or that, and you're going to pick one, okay? Okay. Okay, uh, Black Sabbath or Blizzard of Oz? Uh,
1: ooh, tough one. Uh, um, pro- That's a really tough question. Um, I stumped
0: you on the first question.
1: Uh, uh, you, m- maybe, okay, I'll say Black Sabbath.
0: Okay, Oxies or Roxy's?
1: Uh, Oxies
0: Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu? Muay Thai. Uh, Depression or anxiety? Depression. Deadlift or cardio? Uh, Deadlift. Cardi B or Mel B? Oh,
1: man. Tough one. Both crazy. Um, Maybe Cardi B. I think she'd be more fun to go... You know, yeah, I'm with crazy.
0: Yeah, I like Cardi B too. Okay, dyslexia or ADHD?
1: Uh, dyslexia.
0: Simon Cowell or Gordon Ramsay?
1: Gordon Ramsay.
0: Okay, Ozfest or Coachella?
1: Ozfest.
0: Randy Rhodes or Tony <laughs> Iommi?
1: Randy Rhodes.
0: Uh, Kelly Clarkson or Kelly Osbourne? <laughs> uh,
1: Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Very good.
0: Thank you, Jack. You're the best, man. I really appreciate your time. I really, really do.
1: Thank you. And uh, if I'm ever in New York, I'll uh, I'll look you up.
0: Oh, definitely. Please do. When you're in New York, let me know, and you come and sit down. We'll have a, we'll have a time of it. It'll be fun.
1: Awesome. you're on.
0: All right. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Right. You. you too. All right. Later. So, Jack Osborne on dopey, and now, ladies and gentlemen. Back by popular demand and convenience in the neighborhood uh, Bill Blaber, welcome back to the show Thanks Dave, I think it's probably
2: more convenience
0: I think it's, it's a little bit of both I, I've heard, uh, what was the
2: reaction that you heard to yourself on the show? Okay, so um, friends and family You let family listen to that? One person in my family listened to it um, And they thought it was great They said it was very you You know, they said like They felt like it was just, you know, having a conversation with me, especially since we started the conversation with Madonna. And I have a Madonna update. But anyway, it's a big... What's the Madonna update? You met her? Um, close. So I saw her in concert at BAM on September 25th and October 1st. And on September 25th, I was in the orchestra. I was in row F. So what is that? Six rows in. And at the very end of the show, she comes down off the stage and walks down the center aisle towards the back. And put your fist up in the air like this. Okay, and she softly fist bumped me as she was walking out of the theater, singing um, "Like a Virgin." No, "Like a Prayer," <laughs> "I Rise," which is a song about equality. Um, and she was she was in all military gear. And so as she was, she literally, I was on the aisle. She walked right by me, and I went blank. And I just put my arm up because she had her arm up, and she gently took her big diamond ring that had an M, like she had this M ring. And yes, she softly. Fist-bumped me. Because she didn't want to cut you with the diamond. Right. But you got to remember, she consciously decided to touch me. Did she mouth to you, you are great on dopey? No.
0: (laughs) Stay strong, (laughs) Bill. No. Fucking, before we move on. Okay. That was Jack Osborne, man. Like, for me, he's a pretty big fucking guest. Very big. And I wish you could have heard it. I I think when you listen to the show, you'll probably fast forward so you could listen to yourself instead of Jack. That's so not me. Okay. Okay. But, um... It was very kind and cool of him to come on the show. That's amazing that he was able to work it out. It's fascinating. He has um, a great accent. He does. It's like there's something that happens to an English
2: guy when they move to L.A. that their accent only becomes Australian or something. Yeah. I mean, and he's probably been, I don't know, I'm just guessing he's probably been living here longer than he has overseas.
0: I don't know, but he's clean. He's 33 years old and he's clean 16 years. Wow. That's
2: the age I was when I first got sober. You were 16? No, 33. 33. Right. Yeah. No, but he's been clean 16 years. He got sober when he was 17. Oh, he's been sober since he was 17. Yeah. Yeah. 16. 17. Yeah. Were those the the Aussie years on MTV? He was using during those years. He said that... uh, It was one of my favorite things he said.
0: He said that... uh, Ozzy said he, that he wasn't really an addict because he got clean so early. <laughs> it's like you're the biggest disappointment you could be and you're not even a good drug addict. I'm sure Sharon is very happy. Well, He was uh, he was a mensch on the show. There were things that I didn't talk to him about that I really wanted to talk to him about. Like I wanted what? to talk to him about being half Jewish, like what the, the, the divide in the Osborne home. Right. I wanted to talk to him about traveling the country with his dad on this show. He was on a show with his dad called Ozzy and Jack's... Uh, Detour, something. Um, but whatever. It's over. It was cool. I'm very honored he came on. But this episode is now called Jack Osborne and the Road to con Wow. Wow.
2: So it's tomorrow. It's
0: tomorrow. And I'm bugging out.
2: <laughs> you know, I'm bugging out. There's a box of t shirts sitting right next to me that everyone's going to get a chance to purchase tomorrow, right? Yes, we have four dozen Was I not supposed to No,
0: that's okay they, the and, 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 and I gave one to Bill Because I'm incredibly generous I'm like Santa Claus of Dopey uh, But only Bill is getting one for free The rest of you guys are paying Thanks, Dave um, How much did I charge for them? Like 50 bucks a piece? So you want to know how much The Madonna t were? Yes, t-shirts how much, were? yes
2: $45 That was what the Who's were Oh, I thought the Who was more than that They
0: might have been But the Who's were okay. really nice Yeah, way, were pretty nice too They were way nicer than the Dopey Conti's <laughs> Um, So, DopeyCon is tomorrow. Bill is going to be one of the speakers. Are you
2: excited? How do you feel? I'm excited, but I'm nervous, too, because this is in front of a live studio audience. It um, is going to be amazing. It's the biggest event that we will have done in Mountainside, Chelsea. We just opened last week. You've done two events, so we, it's it's not really saying much that it's the, it's the big, biggest. Well, okay. it's the
0: it's the second biggest. It's the biggest event in two weeks. Well, it's sold out. The last one wasn't that sold out. I don't think anybody's coming. Okay, like yeah, I, I, I just I just have this feeling. I've heard from like fifteen people that are coming. They say it's sold out. I know
2: twenty other people that are coming. You never know, right? Right, well, I hope they come because Anna is working her butt off right now, getting all ready for tomorrow.
0: Anna is a tenacious uh, woman, and I just want to... Now that I have the opportunity to say uh, what a pleasure, what a challenging pleasure it has been working with Anna. She's great. She's challenging, yet a pleasure, and uh, and how exciting it is to have this partnership with
2: Mountainside where they're putting on this event. Dave, she really believes in you. I don't understand that. It makes me very uncomfortable. And I think the fact that we are now, like my office, Mountainside Chelsea, is nine blocks from here. Why does she believe in the show? I don't understand it. I think it all starts with you being a Mountainside alumni, but I don't think that's where it stops. I think your energy, your passion, um, your humor, she gets it. You know, she's an executive. She's She's also a New Yorker. She's also a New Yorker. You know what she says a lot? She says, I hope they don 't think i 'm a jerk face. she says that all the time <laughs> like she 's so you know she 's you know i 've never heard Anna use foul language um, i 've never seen Anna upset you know i mean i 've seen her stressed you should see her right now she 's upset that I keep giving away more tickets after it's sold out she 's like
0: dave, your number's twenty one you know and it 's like it' it's, it is hard to figure out like who's going to come, who's not going to come, who should come, whatever. Um, I'm excited for the thing. Bill mentioned something to me that, you know, it's a learning lesson in the show. Like I actually put something on Patreon today. It was me and Chris the first time we talked about doing DopeyCon. I saw that. And, um, the idea was to do it like it was Dopey, you know, me and Chris sitting there talking. Um, and we did that once. We actually did it in a, a school on the Upper West Side. Oh, I didn't where, know that. Where Arden's company paid me and Chris to go do dopey in a school, and Chris was so paranoid, he he didn't tell a story. Really? You know, he was just trying to kick recovery and and do that. And I was like, I just kept cursing, like I figured, like and I kept like pointing at kids and yelling at them and stuff. And it was it was pretty it was pretty great, and it sucked at the same time. But um, but for this. If Chris was alive, we would have done Doby. But because Chris isn't alive, like it's just weird. Like it's like I don't like it when Regis and Kathy Lee go to Florida and do Regis and Kathy Lee right, in like front a of Disney an audience. World. I don't like that. I don't like uh, the Michael K show in front of an audience. I don't like it. But I but I actually you know Regis and Kathy Lee was in front of a studio audience. Last studio audience. Yeah. morning nine a.m. You know, so maybe I'm wrong. You know, the the format
2: is also like I'll wind up talking the whole time. Do you want me to let you know my opinion? Yes. I envisioned it. This is your vision. Toby Khan's your baby. But I thought you were going to be up there just like you and I are sitting here right now. You know what would be great? If there was like a kitchen table. Like if there was a little table like this and you were on one side and your guest was on the other side. And you were having a casual conversation just like you do every week on air. Yeah, maybe we did this whole thing wrong. It's not too late. It is too late. I don't think it's too late. Anna has nothing else to do today. She could run around and... The issue is this. It's, I think, eight or nine
0: people that are going to be presenting. Right. And I drag these stories out. You know, like, uh, it's like a 10-minute story becomes a half an hour with me. True. And what I really envisioned... I I like your idea. And I don't think it's a bad idea. And and a couple of people who have helped me plan have offered that up. And I said no because... I don't know. There... Maybe one day we'll do that And I don't think it's a bad idea But my friend Brad Who originally had the idea for for Not for DopeyCon But for Dopey to be a storytelling event uh, Like the moth He was like that's the way to get to the next level And I also figured that was a way To showcase great drug stories And to To showcase great drug stories And to Make it an event More than a talk show because yes Regis and Kathie Lee was in front
2: of a studio audience. Yeah, the best 15 minutes of that show is the first 15 minutes when they sat there and talked to each other. Right, and it was in front of a studio audience. Yeah. So you're thinking I did this wrong. I think you did it wrong. Fuck. But we're doing it tomorrow. Saying, Listen, I might be up there and just be ready. I might call you up on stage with me. Are there two mics? I think there are going to be at least two mics.
0: Um- It'll get fucked up. There's too many speakers. And and, and I'll, I'll, I don't... Should I tell you the program? Do you want to hear the program or not? hear the program. All right. The program is this. I... Oh, somebody from Mountainside will introduce me. Oh, I think that might be Jessica. Jessica, finally. Yes. Will introduce finally. me. Then I will welcome everybody and thank everybody for coming. Uh, and then I will introduce my father. Yes,
2: Bill. What? But... This is what I've been wondering. Yes, there's uh, thousands of people who've never seen your face without the big red block on it that says "Dopey." So wait a second, are you prepared for that? I don't think it's a thing. I was just in fucking West Virginia in well, front that, of seven thousand people,
0: right? But I wore sunglasses. <laughs> 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 I was thinking about doing doing Dopeycon and sunglasses, sunglasses, but that's just too pretentious. The fact of the matter is. It's very easy to figure out who I am. Sure, it's very easy to see my face, and if I do a big stupid reveal, it's really stupid. Okay, like I, it's just it's whatever. If it was Chris, it's whatever. Well, they'll finally see how good looking you are. That's a, a nice weight off my shoulders. Right. They can finally see how good looking I am. Um, fucking, I went to the dermatologist today. I had these white spots. On my face. Skin looks better than mine does. Oh, will you stop (laughs) it? Just stop it. Did you get Um, Botox? There's not a line on your forehead. It's heroin (laughs) preserved. That's the thing. But I had these weird white spots on my face, and Linda was certain it was calcium deposits. Oh, okay. But it turns out they were embedded whiteheads. Oh. And it was Dr. Hockman, Dr. Herb Hockman, who's a wonderful dermatologist. He he actually grew up with my mom, so he doesn't charge me. Um, He's like... Oh, David, uh, these look like milia, which are very substantial whiteheads. I said, well, what do we do? He said, I'll pop them. I was like, what? So he takes out a fucking knife and he fucking, grr, he just dug them out. So there, you know,
2: have you ever watched the YouTube videos? That's of all this? I've been it's hearing insane. about. insane. That's all I've been hearing about. Oh, I, like, And
0: once you start watching them, you can't stop. My mother-in-law, I heard, is really into it and uh what it made me think about i was walking home and i was thinking about cuz it's like first of all i said if they were if i knew they were whiteheads i would have taken Jewish. care of that shit myself except they were so embedded that it would have been a mess and it would have been bloody and it would have been like bad and it, rem- it reminded me of when i was a junkie i would get these whiteheads And I would work them like it was my job. Right. And I didn't have a job then. I would go to the mirror and I would fucking... I'd have pimples on my legs, Mm -hmm. okay? I don't know if you ever got pimples on your legs. When I was using, I'd get whiteheads on my legs and it would be a joy to see the whitehead on my leg. And I'd pop it and it would pop off like fucking Sputnik. Like it was the best thing. And popping pimples on my face when I was using, the pimple would fly off my face into the fucking mirror, which is the most satisfying thing in the right. world. As a
2: meth injector, did you find these things? Yeah, the one, you know, I wasn't a, I wasn't a picker, you know. Um, no, I wasn't a, yeah, okay. I wasn't a picker. That's but a thing, right? What happens, oh, that's a real thing, yeah. Did you ever have the bugs? Yes, I was sitting on my toilet, um, living in New Jersey, and one night I'd been up for, I don't know even how long, and I was, looked at the wall right in front of me, and there were cockroaches everywhere, hundreds of them. But they weren't really there. They weren't really there, but here 's but I very soon I knew they weren 't real, but even when I knew they weren 't real, this is the crazy part. I still saw them and watched them, knowing that they weren 't real right that is crazy that is crazy and so you weren 't a picker, but did you have a- so sure you know as meth leaves your system, it, it creeps out through your skin, so I had that yellow. You know, uh, pallor, right on my skin. And um, it smelled too. Like, have you ever smelled what that smells like? You know, when the meth is leaving your skin. Probably. So you would break out. Um, So, what I would do is I would pop the pimples. These were like just regular pimples, not the whiteheads that you just described. But I was really, you know, I can't stop looking at your skin right now. Your skin looks incredible. (laughs) Will you stop it, please? Um, But like, that's exactly the way you look right now. That's what I was trying to get, you know. But um, yeah, I look at pictures of myself today from back then and it was a different guy.
0: I, dude, but it's all... I, I'm telling you, when I had these white spots on my face... I, I went to work yesterday, and the, my one of the guys who works there, a very sweet Dominican guy, he goes, Dave, you look fucked up. And I said, not, like I, not like I looked high. He's like, you look sick. Your skin looks terrible. You have these white spots on your face. Are you using... And he would say, whenever they say, are you using, they start laughing. Because right. they think that's the funniest thing that I could possibly be using, which is funny. But like... So I appreciate your, your compliments I actually called Linda I was like, Lynn I think, I, I think there's something wrong with me I got He's, She's like, you don't look bad you know, But in my mind, I look bad So you, you, you appreciating that I look good skin That makes me great. feel good.
2: Like that's it You're just going to go as far as See, skin. I, I want to get his number from you Before I leave
0: Herb? Dr. Yeah, Hockman? Totally I gave him a hug I said, Dr. Hockman He said, please You hugged me Call me Herb <laughs> um, So there's a lot of stuff to talk about Yeah, there is Lots of stuff to talk about um, first of all, do you know my producer, Sam? Have I ever told you about Sam? No. Sam is a guy who helps me make the show. And he lives in California, and we talk through these shows. You know, like, what's going to happen? What am I going to do? Blah, blah, blah. We review stuff. We go over stuff. He helps me, like, figure out ideas. And Sam was going to come and kind of, like, stage manage DopeCon, kind of event produce DopeyCon. And at the last second, he fl- I'm like, so when are you going to fly in? And he goes, oh, I'm not Oh no And I got so fucking crazy angry Like crazy angry Like I was ready just to be like Done with that You know like And it was one of those moments Like it was crazy resentment Crazy Like not in recovery moment Like just rage And uh, it was
2: interesting Listen Listen Tomorrow at four o'clock, there's going to be about twelve to fifteen Mountainside employees showing up, setting up. So it's like now you have uh, twelve to fifteen producers there to help you with anything you need. So there's nothing to worry about.
0: No, it's I know, like I know. And, right and, but I just—it was just a moment of anger, and it's on my list, so I crossed it out. But back to my skin looking good. Do you want to hear a fucking weird, weird story? Yes. Okay. So I do, uh, you know, I do catering uh, for catses. And last week we, I bring basically we go to corporations. Why is Cats not catering Dopecon? Because I don't like to mix the two things. Okay. I don't mix business with pleasure. Okay. Um. Or I don't mix business with business. I just don't want. I don't want Dopey to interfere with my fucking job. Like okay. I, I. don't even. Talk, I don't even know about Dopecon. Right. I don't mm-hmm. talk about it. I don't talk about anything about Dopey. With them because I don't want I don't want anyone to infer, imply, suspect that Dopey comes before my job
2: because it doesn't. Right? I have a, I have a hierarchy. Listen, it's, no one at Mountainside knows I'm here right now. I snuck out. Really? No, they know but, but exactly they, but, where I am.
0: But you're also pushing. You know, there's an agenda. It's Mountainside and That's Dopey not work why like I'm this, here, Dave. I'm not here to push Mountainside. Mountainside and 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 Dopey Dopeycon have a, a thing with cats. I'm just scared. You know that they'll think that I'm putting Dopey before cats. Is. and if you didn't know, my hierarchy in my family is in my life. It's family, mm. cats, is Dopey. Okay, because it might actually be Where cats is... family
2: Dopey. It might be that. Where does what? Um, I was gonna say, where's Mountainside fit into that?
0: <laughs> somewhere in the Dopey in the Dopeosphere. Yeah. Um. So I go to this job for cats, uh, and we're going to cater at this corporation. And and I've been there before. I love this place. They give you nice salads. They give you smoothies. They treat you nice. I love going there. Okay, and and I'm friendly with all the employees. We've been there a few times, and I'm like a big mouth. I talk to everybody. And um, and I, the woman next to me, her name is Ebony, and she makes like the best salads. And then the woman next to her is Charnette, and I, I hadn't met Charnette Some before. Great names. Yeah. And, uh, and me and my cutter are making the half sandwiches, whatever, whatever, whatever. And we pack everything up. And, and I'm, I, you know, I, I give some of the employees a little bit of meat, whatever, like just a little bit, whatever, a little taste. And Charnette comes up to me and she says, you know who you look like? And I said, who, Charnette?" You know, and in the past I've gotten, I've gotten some good and some bad. And she said, Freddy Krueger. And I said, fuck you, Charnette." I was like, what the fuck is that? She goes, no, 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 not, not Freddy Krueger
2: Robert Englund
0: You look like the actor And I was like, still, Charnette, that's fucked up I was like, that's fu- I got very no, upset You do look like him Alright, anyway, just relax I, People used to say Sean Penn They used to say Screech from Saved by the Bell And now it's fucking
2: Robert Freddy Krueger yep. It's Freddy Krueger And I'm just like, that's fucked up You think I look like him? I, now that you've said it, yeah, I totally see the resemblance. Ugh. Not Freddy Krueger, the actor Robert. He's old, and it's like it doesn't—it does not make me feel
0: good. And, I, and no one's ever said that, so I, I don't think about it too much. Although the guy, the meat cutter who's with me, thought it's the funniest thing in the world that uh, that this woman thinks I look like Freddy Krueger and and how upset I am. And I keep telling her like I'm going to haunt her and all this stuff. Don't go to sleep tonight, that kind of thing. And I don't think about it again. And then we go to a job at the World Trade Center. And this kid, his name is Yamin, and he says uh, you know, me and him, me and him are getting along. Me and Yamin, we're going out to the the thing, loading in all the meat. Going into the World Trade Center is a lot of fucking work by yeah, the way. I can imagine. And uh, With and me a and Yamin, meat. Well, it's a but it's just like fucking metal detectors and x-rays and all this stuff. And Yamin Uh, Me and him are getting along. And on the second day, he says, do you know who you look like? And I'm like, oh, my God, shut the fuck up. I'm like, who? And he says Freddy Krueger. Wow. And it's like they must have been some kind of Freddy Krueger thing on some channel for Halloween. Maybe. Where you see Robert (laughs) Englund or something. But, like, holy shit. Was this before you got your
2: skin done today? Maybe that was part of it.
0: I don't know. I didn't get my skin done. He scraped whiteheads (laughs) off my fucking face. But that's isn't that crazy. That is crazy. What do you think? It hurts. I, it hurts me. Why? Well, do you think Robert Englund is particularly handsome? I think when he was
2: younger, he was. When he was, how young. do you? You don't even know what he looked sure like. Sure, I younger. do.
0: That's bullshit. That's <laughs> bullshit. Um, you got a dopey story? Or you want to read an email? Uh, let's read an email. All right. Here we go. Uh, you we didn't want get a, really a chance to do that last time I was here. Um, I think this one's going to be funny. Um, all right, no, read a dopey one. And read the funny
1: one okay. first.
2: Okay. Don't read the last name. Okay. Hey, Dave. I've been a fan of the show around a year now. Couldn't listen for a while as I got locked up in June until. Looks like something half this email is cut off. What do until.
0: You mean? Oh fuck! All right, we're it's gonna, Okay. No, it's not okay. It's not <laughs> okay at all. Here, say something. while, I, while I, I'm not. I didn't stop it. You gotta. You
2: gotta talk now. This okay. Is, um. Well, <laughs> let's see. You know what I want to talk about? While no. I, before I came over, I went up to the event space. On the third floor, where DopeyCon going to be, and stop me right now if you don't want me talking about this. Yeah, but why not? They're preparing the space. Yes, and this is called the road to DopeyCon. This is very. There apparent. are a lot of you know images and photographs, and um, I turned around, and on the back facing wall is this huge poster um, memorializing Chris and Todd. Yeah, and so like one half is Chris, and one half is Todd. And I was just staring at this, and I was looking for you. I didn't realize what it was, and then on top it says in remembrance of. And it's so big, and there's all these pictures of Chris and of Todd. And so I started crying. <laughs> I just, it was just so emotional because I knew Chris. You know, I didn't know Todd. I've heard Todd. but um, when, did you, um, when was the last time you saw Chris in person? Uh, the last time I saw Chris would have been uh, 2016, 2016, He came down. I don't know why he was here in New York, but he came down to Brooklyn, and he came to the place he used to manage, right. Sober Living, and I was still there. And um, we checked in with each other. I think he, I think he came down to visit. He, I think he had a girlfriend. Didn't he still have a girlfriend in that area? Christina. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why he came down, and he stopped by, and we hung out like all afternoon. Yeah. He was there for a long time, actually. You know, he knew a lot of the people who worked there. Um, and so, like, they hadn't seen him in a while. And everybody loved Chris. You know, yeah. even, you know, after he left, you know, no one wanted Chris to leave. That When I started that job there, I, I had these big shoes to fill. You, you know? took his job, right? I took Chris's job, yeah. And it's funny because it was Joe Schrank
0: who, who, who was his boss, and he said to me, you know, Chris didn't have to leave. Right. You know, <laughs> Joe would have right. kept him there. Here, can you read it off the screen? Yeah, sure. Hold on.
2: Did you listen to the Appalachian episode or no? No, not yet. All right, well, this is... I've been too busy getting ready for Dopey. Now. Okay. Okay. Hey, Dave. I've been, I've been a fan of the show around a year now. Couldn't listen for a while as I got locked up in June until a few days ago. As it happens, I turned back in this morning... Oh, I'm sorry. I tuned back in this morning to hear Ray explaining his routine. While working as a chef in Georgia... Money started to run low. Now,
0: how you have to understand that Ray's routine, because you didn't listen to it, but Ray's routine is that he, he washes his clothes on his body in the shower. That's how he does his laundry.
2: Wow. Right. Okay. Um, does that disgust you? No. Okay. You no, know, if you know, really. There's stories I could tell you, which I don't, I don't think I could ever tell on here. Um, so, Ray explaining his routine. While working as a chef in Georgia, money started to run low for moving to a new city. My truck began breaking down and whatever else at that time. For three months, I hopped in the shower, lathered up my chef's coat and clothes, rinsed, stripped, plugged up the bath, washed again, kicked the clothes around, jumped out, and waited 45 minutes to wring them out and hang dry. Provided you aren't sweating much, it's doable. But after a certain point, they should find their way to a machine for sure. It was an enjoyable experience, though. Steam out the room, get ripped, and listen to an album. Never occurred to me as strange. From an international perspective, plenty of cultures might consider that a laundromat, worth trading their sister for. You've done well with translating the humor aspect of the lifestyle to the inexperienced and maintaining the show's momentum through everything. Not saying it doesn't blow sometimes, but in the future... Wait, did he just, did he just say the <laughs> show blows sometimes? No, he says, not saying it doesn't blow sometimes, but in the future... Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He did say the show yeah. blows okay. sometimes. Uh. But in the future, I believe it will gain much more widespread value. Anyways, take a vacation, and I'll abscond to fill in. Jamie Lee Curtis was annoying as fuck. Fuck the police. And then, can I say his name? Maybe just his first name. Robert. See, I, I just like that he says that he, he's crazy. That's a classic classic
0: Dopey fan right there. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Robert. Um, he just wants to take over the show is what it is. That's why he says the show blows sometimes. Do you hear from him a lot or just this? That's the first time. No, that's right. He just got out of prison. That is the first. That's that what he said? Yeah. He yeah. got out uh, a couple of days ago. Now, you said you had a Dopey story pre- prepared for DopeyCon, and you have another
2: one. Uh, which one would you like to tell? Well, the one I was going to tell tomorrow, um, I thought you were going to be sitting next to me, and I, you know I, the banter back and forth. I don't know now. There's going to be no banter.
0: No banter. Hmm,
2: I don't know. I love the banter. The banter would be 10 minutes before you even started the story. That's true. Okay. Um, I'm not going to tell that story right now, though. I think I'll tell that story tomorrow. Save it. <laughs> Everyone from Mountainside is going to run for the hills, though. Um so uh listen so the story could tell because it's a fucked up story and they're going to be like who
0: are we working with kind of thing. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. What they I mean like they heard the water tower story. You think that's tamer cuz it's funny? That's more tame. Yeah. So like okay, let's hear, let's hear some fucked up shit. Um Jack Osborne wasn't particularly dopey. He was a, it was a nice time, but he wasn't talking about shooting meth or anything.
2: I don't know. Maybe the, the story I was going to tell you right now, it's a little bit funny. Maybe I should save that story for tomorrow. Well, pick one. How long do I have right now? I don't know. Okay. Let's, um, yeah, let me, you know, because more people will hear this story than tomorrow. So let me tell this No, story. but you have to understand. Oh, you're recording. Right. Okay, then, yeah, I'll save that for tomorrow. Um, Everybody will hear DopeyCon next week. Right. Everyone will
0: hear this Tonight, Okay. Which is amazing. Wow. When the show is released
2: the night of the show, I just love that. Yeah, that's great. Um, okay, so the year was 2008. Okay. Okay. The, it, was a, it was a tough year for me, but continue. Oh, okay. Well, it's a big election. Remember, this is when Obama was running. Yeah, I wasn't
0: um, paying attention. I think my mother died uh, that year. Oh. And, uh, and I tried to get
2: clean... And uh, it was a big year. I moved back to New York from California. Maybe I should tell a different story. No, tell the story. Okay. So um, the night, actually, fast forward a little bit, election night, um, November of 2008, um, I didn't vote. I was living in Atlanta at the time, and I was laid out on my couch high out of my mind. And I heard people running down the hallway of my apartment building, Obama won, Obama won. So that's how I found out he won the election. But um, a couple of months before, when he was on the campaign trail... Um, I was shocked he won. Were you really? Yeah, I was shocked. But anyway, continue. Um, I was so happy that he won, although I didn't vote for him. Um, Anyway, you know, I had the opportunity. So, listen, I had the opportunity to meet Obama when he was running for president. And I was not in a good place in my life. So, one night I was hanging out with him, and he was in Atlanta, and he came over to my place. And we were just chatting uh, about anything, you know, like when you're high or I should say when I was high, like I would talk about anything. I'm sure we talked about Madonna. Um, I'm sure we talked about about Kabbalah. Uh, no this is before this is for uh, very good you said it right <laughs> disgusting that's like the most disgusting thing i've ever said is kabala anyway um but you know it was just me and him and we were chatting and you know I, I don't remember what we were talking about but we were talking about a lot of stuff and he was here for he was there for a really long time um and then eventually michelle came by and we were talking and you know we were just hanging out in my living room right there in the heart of Why Indiana. was he in your house? Hold on let me tell the story. Did he want he was he was looking for Anyway, continue. Yeah, tell okay, us. so you don't think this is a big deal? I have just told you that, like Obama was. But weren't in my place. you
0: like a fucking meth addict junkie? I was, but I, you know, I, why was
2: he in your house? Because <laughs> <So, laughs> he was just he he was out there. So you got to remember, he was, he was out pressing in the, the junkie flesh. He was out there on the campaign trail, trying to be like one of us. You Remember, he'd always take his jacket off, roll up his sleeves. Um yeah, and, I, I didn't. I don't pay attention to stuff. But anyway, continue. Please. Anyway, Michelle came over. Uh-huh. Okay, and so she's there. We're hanging out, and like this is in my apartment, beautiful studio apartment. Why is he in your? I, because we're chatting I don't even really remember how Did you live did. alone? I did I lived alone Right why? in midtown you, are, Atlanta you
0: really, are you, Is that the the, the the reveal of the story Is why he's there? Yes Okay continue
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it I'm sorry Okay um, Fast forward Then like his daughters I can't remember his daughters Melania name. No, no that's... Malawi No <laughs>
0: Daughter, what's her name? <laughs> Not Malawi. Malaya? No. Malaya? Malaya?
2: Something like that. Anyway, whatever her name is. So She got busted smoking weed in the White House. Yeah, already. she did. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, uh, yeah, she did. Anyway, I can't remember their names either. Um, eventually, we were all in Atlanta. The whole family had gathered. And- I'm talking about, like, we were there for hours, okay, like, sitting in my living room. Um, of course, I had, like, my big velvet curtains pulled and drawn because of the light, because I wasn't using while we were all hanging out talking, but I had used, like, before they came, and, like... And I, by use, you meant sh- inject meth. Yeah, shooting up So, meth. you're injecting meth before the Obama before family. Before the Obamas come, got yeah, there, okay, uh-huh. and we're sitting there, we're talking, and... We got hungry, like we hadn't eaten, like we were just sitting there for a long. You know, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Like for maybe about eight to ten hours, a really long time. Was there a camera crew? There was no camera crew, but um, you know, we'd have beverages. But that's we, insane. We like, why are they at your house for fucking eight to ten hours? So anyway, I lived off of, in those days when I was shooting a meth. All I lived on was frozen green grapes and Canada dry ginger ale. Why frozen grapes? I don't know. There was I would go to the grocery store across the street with my sunglasses on and I would buy packages and packages, you know, bundles Bun- bundles of grapes. And I'd take them home <laughs> and I would put them in the free I'd wrap them in paper towel uh-huh. and I'd put them in the freezer. Okay. So that's what I ate. It was like that was my sustenance. what really wouldn't long it be time. like First of all, doesn't that kill the texture of the of the grape? Oh, not, have you ever bitten into a frozen green grape?
0: Obviously not, but it seems to me it would be kind of like mealy and
2: hard. No, they're like little icicles of grapes. Like it's like it's like a grape ice cube.
0: It sounds like if you leave, but it's it, not going to crunch like an ice cube crunches. It's gonna it's gonna be pulpy, and it's not gonna it's not gonna be a clean break. It's slushy. You know, it's a little slushy. Do you still eat them or does it totally take you back to the meth?
2: No, I don't eat them today, but they were a big part of my early recovery because that's that's what I knew. Um, They also, I think a lot of it was like- But why don't you eat them today? I don't know. I think I might actually buy up some green grapes in my refrigerator right now. Maybe I'll freeze them tonight. Anyway, (laughs) what would be cool in in
0: some sort of mocktail is a frozen green grape as the ice cube. Totally. You know? I bet you that I bet you that's a thing. Maybe anyway, Obama's in the house. Frozen green grapes
2: in the freezer, right? Michelle's there too. Yes, the okay. kid, Melania. Anyway, starving, uh-huh. and I had um, for some reason because, like I just said, I was really living off of frozen green grapes. But I had um, chicken cordon bleu in the refrigerator, Yes. and I had you know pre- all pre-prepared, you know, that I got in like you know the the refrigerator section uh, at the butcher shop, and. I was like, would you guys like some chicken? And so they were like, yeah. I was like, okay, awesome. So I had one of those kitchens um, that overlooked the living room, right? Like, you know, there, there was no wall. You could stand in the kitchen and cook and prepare food and um, still talk to everybody who was sitting around. And so I went into the kitchen, and I got everything out, and we're still chatting. I'm in the kitchen, and they're all sitting in my living room. And he's smirking at me. <laughs> well, it's like, I don't want to hear it. Okay. So, um I pull everything out And you know I had this obsession With pepper You know like salt and pepper Peppers Do you know how many Different types of pepper There, are, that there is out there No So I would always Whenever I would go Buy green grapes And chicken I would get a different Flavor of pepper So I asked them <laughs> They must have thought I was crazy Like what sort of pepper Would you like me To put on The chicken cord in blue Well they're there Eight hours
0: You're high on meth Eating frozen grapes I mm-hmm. mean it's like I'm sure I bet you Obama's Telling this
2: story Right now to somebody Barack And so I doubt it. Wouldn't that be funny? Um, that would be crazy. So anyway, they look at me like I'm crazy, and I was like, "Well, they must think I'm crazy." So I'm just gonna like shut up, and I'm gonna go ahead and prepare the prepare the meal. So I'm getting like you know the butter out and the chicken out. And I'm unwrapping it. And I get out the the cooking the cookware, and I wasn't sure how I was gonna cook it. I wasn't sure if I was gonna like broil it or bake it. Uh-huh. Okay, so like, I bent, I you know I bent down to the cabinet to get um to get the cookware, and I come up and nobody's there. There's nobody in my living room, oh my God, and that was probably the most awakening I don't know if you can hear it in my voice right now, yeah, but I can like to this day, like right now sitting here with you, the shock that there was no one there, it's terrifying huh because. I mean, I'm telling you, I was there for eight to 10 hours and I was serving them beverages. So I looked at the coffee table. There were glasses on the coffee table. And I had out like multiple like dishes. I brought out more than one piece of chicken because there were a bunch of us. Like Michelle was there, Barack was there, his two girls were there. And I, you know, I was, you know, not only was I sitting there, like, but I was conversing back and forth. And so like, could you imagine if there was a video camera back then and played this back to me? right right and and how common is that to have that kind of a a hallucination slash psychic psychosis moment like that? I had one other crazy um Experience that um, I went to the hospital for and the psychiatrist told me I had a psychotic break. Um, this is when I was living in New Jersey and this is before I moved to Atlanta. And um, I saw a whole crew of military um, guys chasing after me with machine guns and like army gear, like the big helmets and the green um, the green you know uniforms and like chasing at me um, and my head popped. It was like a rubber band popped because I was so scared. They were literally, literally rushing me and my head popped right as they were probably about 10 feet in front of me. And that wasn't happening either. And how did you realize that that wasn't happening? Because when it pops, they disappeared.
0: So how often, you know,
2: like... I used to do math. Wait a second. To, so did you? When I gave, when I revealed at the end, like, what did you think? Did, uh, it's incredibly disappointing. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> I was thinking maybe Obama was like at a at a treatment thing, and he was seeing the old the old uh, crystal meth injector. No, it's scary. It's I'm thinking two things. One, disappointment. I mean, there's more details to the story, but I don't want to no. bore you. I'm not disappointed in the story. I'm disappointed that it was a hallucination as opposed to why Obama was there. But then I got scared. You know, at first it's like, oh, that's a letdown that he wasn't really there, but then it's really scary because I could hear it in your voice that yeah, you're scared. It
2: was scary. It's it's very scary and like no matter I what, I don't tell that story to a lot of people today because it it is, it's emotional. It was very emotional. Like I mean, it's like I bent over like we're sitting at a table right now. It's like I bent down to the table and I look up and if you weren't sitting across from me. It was that it's real. It's
0: terrifying.
2: It it's like it's like a
0: mental illness. It's like it's very cinematic too because that's something that happens in movies where somebody doesn't know what's happening and right. then all of a sudden it never even happened. Right. But, you know, in my experience, like I've, I've had, you know, I had like, I don't know, 10 months or 11 months on meth or something and I never hallucinated... Um, and I never had like marathon meth sex like I missed out on a lot of the, and we could talk about that some a other lot time. of a lot of the good uh good and bad of meth, but when you hear lore about it, you hear about the bugs and you hear about picking right uh, you rarely hear about total fucking hallucination. Uh, psychosis. It's it's a different form of psychosis, right? It is. Yeah, do you totally. hear about that kind of stuff a lot? Or, or this is very in particular. And also, you probably had a
2: real thing for Obama. You know, I don't. It was just. Yeah, you're right. You turned on the television, and all you did was see Obama on the television, and you know, from rally to rally, and you know how it is. It's. I mean, it wasn't as bad as today. You can't turn on the TV. I mean, the election's still over a year away, and like all you do is turn on CNN right now, and you see them all. Well, um, Bush is a. Ve- I mean, sorry, Trump is a very. Uh, but not just Trump like all the democratic candidates running like every well, time but it's, turn it's, on the, TV. It, the
0: story is like you have this guy and then you have these these guys trying to beat this guy you know that's the story trump is great for american television i mean he's like he's like a
2: wrestler here here's the here's the thing you might appreciate so i've told this story before okay like at a meeting when i'm qualifying and sharing my story but i never told anyone it was obama i just say that i was in the living room with people because i'm people <laughs> because, would, because people it's, it's, would laugh at me well, I think that's it's, it's a great detail of the story, but so this is the first time I'm sharing really. That detail, I swear to you, i am not even a friend like my best friend. Why didn't you tell them because you were just too humiliated? So to humiliated, think- <laughs> and like it's all I feel a little humiliated sitting here with you, you right should. now you should. <laughs> I can see your face, the listeners can't see your face. Like you're looking at me like what, like you don't believe me. And well, no, 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 it, it's more like, um.
0: Like I'm a very literal person, so I want to know why Obama why Obama is there, why Obama is there, and also like I don't know. I think when you reveal that he's not there, I I really did get scared. You know, it's like that, and that's also like addiction. It's like the scariest shit that you don't think. It's actually happening, and then it is happening. Whatever the case may be. Right. If you lost your house, if you fucking lost your family, if you lost your job, if you're OD'd in the street, and it's and you you can't believe that's real. And in this case, it's
2: an actual. Thinking. It was like wake. It was it was like waking up from a dream. You know, you wake up sometimes in the morning and you're like, oh, that was just a dream. That's right. what happened. Except I was wide awake
0: when I was a kid, and I was not on meth. I was a kid, and I was in <laughs> summer camp. Okay. And, uh, and I, I was a very scared kid and I was in summer camp and I remember one night I wake up in the middle of the night, okay, and I see a bunch of kids on the ground. And what it looked like was a kid was sleeping and then the kids around him were wrapping him with toilet paper, which was a thing of the stupid summer camp with these dicks from Long Island. And um, so I get out of bed and I creep over and I said, who are you getting? And they didn't answer. And I said, who are you getting? And they didn't answer. And I reached to touch the guy, and my hand went through the guy. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I got scared, and I got in bed. And, and, and to this day You know It's a very scary story It was probably a dream Maybe it was the ghost Of fucking Christmas past Whatever
2: um, So but, do you want me I mean there's more to the story What else is there So Obama left Okay <laughs> But Obama disappeared I was in shock So I continued to make the chicken And I made the chicken I don't think I ate the chicken though Because I didn't have an appetite But so I laid down on my couch And sort of blown away That he wasn't there um, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it So I lit some candles This I remember And um. I'm a big candle guy, um, so I lit some candles and I was laying there. And um, you know, I shot up crystal meth again because like, what are you going to do when you realize that Obama's not in your apartment? Um, you got to get high. Best way to cope with that yeah. is to get high. Yeah. So I got high, and then the voices started. Not no um, hallucinations, but I started to hear voices. Calling me out into the hallway of my apartment building. This is a very scary story. So, in Atlanta, like there was, you know, basically my apartment building was like a city block. And they had these hallways. What are they called? Like these, not they weren't outdoor hallways, but, um, you know, like they're indoors, these hallways, and they wrap around the building. So, these voices were calling me outside. So, I was scared because of what happened a little bit earlier, but I got up and I had very little clothes on and I went to the door, but the voices were scary. I couldn't see them and they were saying, come out, come out. And so this is post-AOL water tower story. Right. Okay? So my... My addiction got darker and darker. So I was always out there looking for Satan. Um, I'm always afraid to tell people that. But I was out there looking for some dark force which I identified as like And it was calling you. Yeah, and so it was it, calling me. Yeah. So I went out into the hallway and it was late. It was but really But that's late also at night. like
0: we talked about the last time. It's a meth thing. That's a black magic thing. Yes. It's like it's like once you know, if you're an addict and things flip you know what I mean? You're not just, like, fucking around, and no. you're
2: full on. No. The devil is there. Right. You know, it's not, right. it's not as crazy. Well, they called meth the devil's drug. Yeah. Well, anyway. So um, I went out there, and it was, you know, it was spring or summer because it wasn't cold outside, and so I've got all these candles burning in my apartment, okay, and I walk out, and I start traveling down the hallway looking for whoever's calling me, um, and then I realized that it was Satan calling me, and I was like, okay, well... I wonder what he wants. Wonder what he wants. Maybe he wants some frozen grapes. And he's probably looking for me. So when I see him, I get, you know, I have to like offer Bill, myself. Bill, you have chicken cordon bleu and grapes that are frozen. Exactly. And so what do you do when Satan's looking for you and you can hear his voice? You strip. So I took all my clothes. You were off. interested in Satan. I was. You were not scared. You liked Satan. You so liked maybe one, you know, maybe one day, not today, I can share with you the very first time I shot up. And the very first time I shot up meth was around these guys who worship satan so i believe that you know when you get high like that for the very first time um that was the best it was ever was right the first time i got shot up i fell to the floor and i and i finally and i said out loud to the guy who shot me up i finally get it and i said i just want to be a junkie like i said this is all i want for me and those are the words i said i actually i i finally get it i just want to be a junkie isn't it so
0: funny though like I I had something similar happen to me, but it's like you equate that with the Bill W. I have arrived, and do you think like Bill W. and and Dr. Bob were thinking that could compare it to the the, some guy getting shot up with crystal meth and decides I have arrived?
2: Like it's just so funny that it's the same thing, right? And um, so my first experience doing it that way was with these guys who were actually pretty dangerous and. Uh, one of them's dead now. And so I think that if that's the way you enter that sort of world, that that's always going to sort of haunt you. Because after I shot up with those, them, you know, years earlier, I was always looking for that, you know. So, like they say, we're always searching for that initial high. So I was always searching for like the, the feeling that I had in that moment. And so I think that's one of the reasons why my use got really dark. And I found, and here's the crazy thing like, you know, you hear me saying, oh, I'm looking for Satan. I'm looking for Satan. There are guys out there who like actually Worship and like practice that sort of stuff. Right. You know, thank God I never really ran into any of them who were too serious about it. I got out of Atlanta and came back to New York to get sober, probably just in the nick of time. But so anyway, I'm walking down the hallway looking for him and uh, I strip. I take all my clothes off. Thinking that's what he wanted to see. Well, because if I'm going to, if he's going to find me and I'm going to present him to me. I present myself to him, and he's finally going to take the Dark me. Lord, right? And the Dark Lord, Lord is right, exactly, going to finally say, "I found you. You are mine. Come with me." This is a terrifying story, now by the way. Um, I'm so I'm you know I'm in my hallway of the you know not even near my front door of my apartment, like around the other side of the building, and I'm like, well, where where does where uh, does so Satan live? Like down in hell, right? So I was like, I got to get all the way downstairs. So I went all the way downstairs. Naked, and I left my clothes on the floor of whatever floor I was on. So it's probably like a tank top and like short shorts. Um, and I had the same boots on that I had in the water tower. I had these big black boots. They went everywhere with me. And I get down to the the first so level. You're naked in these I'm boots. Naked in these boots. Yeah. And uh, get to the bottom floor, and then I walk all the way to the end of the hall. Like I'm trying to get as far away from like uh, reality as possible. And then I lay down on the floor. Butt naked, screaming at the top of my lungs for like Satan to come find me. God, I think I'm going to get fired after telling this story. <laughs> it's possible. Anyway, continue. And Anna, and turn it against, off.
0: I think it's against <laughs> the law to fire you for for telling your story. Anna, turn it off right now. You work in a drug treatment.
2: I mean, it's like it's good. They'll be like, "Well, wow, Bill can really relate to the really fucking crazy ones." I can. I was talking to somebody today on the phone who's a, a, you know a client up in Canaan, and didn't know that he had did meth, and uh, he was sharing some stories. It was crazy, and um, but I could relate. I could totally relate. No shit. So you're naked in the basement, so naked screaming in the basement, for the basement, dark lord to the take dark you. lord, and I Never really considered that maybe the building had cameras.: Right, So well, why would you? There were cameras, and security came down, and I immediately was like, "Wait a second, is this security, or is this you know Satan, Satan quickly came to find that it was security. Thank God. They had already called the police. Yes, the police came arrested me. Put a blanket on you, probably. They brought the clothes that I had left, you know, in the hallway upstairs, gave them to me. But um, they put me in a cop car. And there, you know, and then th- it was a big apartment building, I, you know, I lived in. So I got a lot of attention. People started coming out. It was a big deal. Like, um, there were, like, three cop cars out there. And because there was this crazy... I probably appeared, like, a like total lunatic. And Pro- probably. probably? Right. And they put me in the back of the police car. And I'm just screaming... I had been arrested a few times before and there is nothing worse than coming down off of Crystal Meth while you're locked up in jail waiting to like go to court and be, you know, in front of the judge. Uh coming down and especially in Atlanta jail, um especially me in Atlanta jail, I just don't look like I belong there. Um I stick out. And anyway and uh so yeah, I got taken to jail in this beat-up tank top, these short shorts, these big black boots, finally realizing, and then as you come down, you're finally realizing, oh, he wasn't there. But then the, the, th- the crazy thing is, I kept feeling like he keeps letting me down. You mean like, Satan? Satan, he just keeps letting me down, like I get so close, I get so close. And then that's why I want to use again, because as soon as I like, shoot up again, then it's like literally flicking a light switch, and then all of a sudden it's like, aha, like you're back now come find me so it was it was sick and twisted but um i couldn't stop just couldn't get enough of it it's
0: amazing it's actually an amazing story the obama part was a letdown but it gets to such a sad dark place and also like i think with this kind of stuff there is no way to explain it you know what i mean like it turns something on in you that you, you You still can't really comprehend Right You know what I mean Like can you Like what was the draw Like what was really
2: the draw Of potentially Being With Satan So I can tell you You know I, I, Today I know You know I grew up as a You know as a gay kid on Long Island Afraid to Tell anybody, right? In an amazing family. I mean, that my family was amazing it has nothing to do with my my. Drug you, don't use. To, you don't have you don't defend your family right yeah, now just but, because they're listening to this you know, they're terrible very, story they're about very religious. Yes, and so you know, like we grew up Catholic, and like you have Jesus Christ, and I went to religion class, and in the in the um, the religion books, like you'd see him on the cross on one page, and then on the next page, you'd see like this fiery illustration of hell with Satan there, and so you know, you get the messaging back then that you know being gay is bad. So and being. On meth is bad, and being on meth. So is bad. you,
0: so you had the double whammy, and you
2: expected Satan to appear. So it I was... never really made friends. That was the whole point. I was afraid to be myself. So I was, as I got older and older, I really felt alone, and I felt I would see everybody out there making these friends, and all of these gay people out there, you know, having this life that I wanted for myself, right? And I felt like. I just didn't belong. But if I had hooked up with like a power that was so greater than myself—that's funny—that was magical and dark. It would get me everything I wanted. I'd get the body I want. I'd get the job that I want. I'd get the money that I'd want. I'd get the friends that I'd want. Um, but what I came and not to now, not to get too corny, and I'm sure a lot of people listening will understand this, but I realized this time around when I came back to get sober and into New York in 2009. I needed to get sober to find those things. I mean, I found the friends. I found the job. I got the money. I felt like myself again. I could be who I was. And they, people really liked me. Just, you know, like Sally Field said, like, you like me, you like That's how it felt for me when I came back to New York to get sober.
0: Well, I think... Um- I think that's a it's a crazy story, and I think that it's true. You know what I mean? I think that uh, I didn't have. I mean, Jewish people. You know, the devil doesn't mean anything to Jewish people. No, not at all. No, there's no, no there's no devil. I mean, unless I didn't. I didn't. I'm not really that Jewish either. But like, I didn't ever had. I, I, I had one experience. It was with a friend of mine who would talk about the devil. Like he 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 grew up not Catholic, but he would talk about the devil, and he was really obsessed with the. Uh, conspiracy theories and rock and roll mythology like when Robert Johnson made his deal with the devil at the crossroads or or that Jimmy Page did or that Whitney Houston was actually a satanic uh uh, Worshiper? No, she was a, a sacrifice. Oh, okay. to Satan was 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 you know this
2: crazy fucking out there shit. Yeah, I ran into people like that that you know that who were looking to sacrifice people and sacrifice things to get closer to you know whatever dark power there was so that they could get those things that they really thought they desired.
0: I was getting high and I was living on the lower East side. And I was talking a bunch to my friend, and I was I, I I had a lot of ambition, and I wanted a lot of stuff, and I had this moment, and I, I'm embarrassed to say this. Don't, right. Hey, I just humiliated yeah, myself. Okay, on it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna join you for a second. I had a moment where I I believed that if I wanted to see the devil, I could have done it in that apartment, getting high on heroin, uh, and I I believed that if I had sat down and I really wanted the devil to come, I could have, I, he could have come. You know what I'm saying? I had that feeling, and it was, and my, and my poor father listening to this, um, but, and I also had the feeling that if I wanted him to come, he would have come and he would have given me anything I wanted. Yeah, that's, you know, ac- absolutely what I'm talking a- about. And I, and I believed it, mm-hmm. but, uh, I was too scared yeah. and I didn't ask him to come. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just kept shooting dope and watching. Well, long- I think, I think that was when game of
2: Thrones had started on TV. So rather than actually have the devil come, I just. Winter was coming instead. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad you get it because, you know, I'll talk to you know. look, I've got a lot of friends who are getting sober off of Crystal Meth, but they, their story isn't as dark as mine and they, it didn't involve like devil worship. It's bizarre that I get it and it's embarrassing
0: that I get it, it because is, right? I'm not that type of person. You know, it just was this weird thing where my friend was talking to me about this kind of stuff and it occurred to me that there was... I don't know why, but it occurred to me there was another way to get what I wanted, you know, which is a fucking weird thought now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I'm going to read another email. Uh, I don't know if I should read an email or play the voicemail, but I think we're just going to not play a voicemail this episode. That's fucking two episodes in a row without a voicemail. Oh no. But it's almost three. You got to go. I'm going to read the email and then we're going to go. Um, and
2: the devil, please stay away. Um, can I can I uh, can I tell you something I learned when I was studying Kabbalah? Really? Yes. I swear it'll take 20 seconds yes. the, So Satan, Satan he's, he's, So there is Jewish Satan? Sure, so it's, it's called Satan And it translates into I think that's tofu <laughs> Isn't it? It translates into the opponent That the Satan, Satan is your opponent What right? is the tofu that called? Makes, that makes a lot of sense I don't know, I don't eat tofu It's Satan Is it really Satan? Yeah, yeah okay. I think
0: so, Dopey Nation, if you know what this tofu thing is And if you have a problem with all this devil talk Please send in an email
2: to uh, Dopeypodcast at gmail.com Excellent. So I learned in sobriety that Satan actually means the opponent, which makes a lot of sense, right? Like it's, it's that darkness in your life fighting against you. How often are you up against the devil these days? Um... You know, the devil doesn't really play a big part of my life today. You know, I've worked through all that. Um, there is, uh, you know, Madonna has a song called The Devil Wouldn't Recognize Me. And that's really the way I, I see it today. Like, I've worked so hard to get sober. Um, the devil wouldn't recognize me today.
0: Did she play Borderline? <laughs> she didn't? No. That's bullshit, man. No, Did no. Did she play... Uh Fucking uh, Lucky Star? No.
2: What's the point of seeing Madonna and not hearing Borderline or Lucky Star? I think that's probably next because she's 61. She actually canceled this past Monday's show because she has a pretty serious knee injury. Can I just say something? Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. That's going to be the next tour. The next tour is going to be, uh, I don't want to say a greatest hits tour, but it's going to be what everybody wants to hear. Because let's face it, I don't know how much longer she's going to be touring. I can't even believe I said that, but I don't know how much longer she's going to tour. What? Did she play Like a Virgin? She did not. Are you fucking kidding me? primarily centered around Madame X, her new project That's um, fucking she bullshit did, She did Vogue, you know Vogue, right? I can live without Vogue She did a snippet of Papa Don't Preach how much? She, uh, just a snippet. And this time, instead of saying, um, I'm keeping my baby, you know, the song, I'm keeping my baby. So now she says, I'm not keeping my baby, and tries to make a statement that, you know, about uh, women being able to like decide what they're going to do with their own bodies. Listen, speaking of making
0: a deal with the devil, I'm sure Madonna is listening to this show. Madonna, you got to play fucking borderline. When I used to go to rehab, and uh, when every time I'd ever be in rehab and we would travel in the bus, and uh you know the the whatever the vehicle that gets you from the, the rehab doggy. whatever yeah right. and they would play you know they play the radio and and borderline would come on and I would I would just be this loud mouth and I would be singing borderline and I'd always sing it to the girls and I'd be like this is your theme song because they're all borderline <laughs> <laughs> I just I love that um, anyway I'm gonna read this email and we're gonna be done uh, I didn't talk about half this stuff because of the fucking devil made me do it. Um, Interestingly enough, people are showing up in New York for DopeCon now, and a bunch of people went down to Katz's to meet Ishmael, and pictures are coming in. so it's Oh, wow. Really? Very exciting. Matt Weidemeyer Carroll, who's a big Dopey fan. Uh, look, all these fucking dopes are showing up with pictures at Katz's. Crazy. Um,. Look at that. Look at these dopes Hold at on. Katz's. So that's kind of scary. Dopeycon is among us. The dopes are at Katz's. Dopey Nation has made it to New York. I'm very, I'm very touched. I can't wait to meet the part of the Dopey Nation tomorrow. It's going to be wild. So let's just be done. I'm not going to read an email. You got a fucking
2: therapy, coaching, whatever you do. I do. Can I promote one thing? Sure. Okay, really quick. So on October 31st, Mountainside Chelsea is uh, hosting a Halloween party for young people in New York City in recovery. So why I wanted to really get this out there. Um, there is an organization called Big Vision. And um, if you don't know it, look it up. It was started by a mom who, uh, her name is Eve Goldberg. And I know her pretty well. She's, she was at our open house last week. But I think you should have her on your show. She's got incredible stories. She's an advocate and passionate about recovery. Sure, Big Vision is um start was started by Eve Goldberg. She's a mom whose son tragically died of heroin overdose. And she really speaks passionately about um, addiction and recovery, and has worked hard over the years to really um, make this organization, Big Vision, um, the best organization in New York City for young adults to spend time with other adults, young other young adults in recovery, especially those who don't you know go to twelve step meetings. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to get her name out there. I think she's somebody that uh, you would love talking to, and I know the Eve that I know would love to come on here and talk to you. All right, cool. Well, so. She actually looked, might be there tomorrow night.
0: You know, October 31st is also Ad Rock from the Beastie Boys' birthday. I did not know that. Well, it's true. Anyway, so yeah, Big Vision, Mountainside, October 31st, and. Um DopeCon is tomorrow. Tomorrow. You guys, I think I'll probably release it early because I can't handle not releasing it early. But let's thank fucking Jack Osborne and uh, thank Bill Blaber with his crazy the devil made me do it story. What a crazy story. What a very dark road to DopeyCon story that is. This has been great, Dave. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure, Po. It's always a pleasure. Uh seriously uh, stay yeah. strong dopey nation and uh and fucking toodles for chris and i know he would have loved uh to be here at DopeCon tomorrow so makes me sad um but you gotta go so uh have a good one Talk thanks soon. dave goodbye thank you bill bye i want to
3: take a walk around the world i wonder would it do me any good Till I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I wanna be good so bad. I wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I wanna be good so bad Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had my shadow's getting smaller and smaller, and it's time to where I stand. Shadows getting smaller and smaller, and it's time to where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind? I'll take the high road, however far it winds. Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I wanna be good, so bad Wanna be good, so bad, so bad I wanna be good, so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had these suckers make me mad, and I wanna call my dad, and it's, all I ever had, and it's 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 all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad, and it's all I ever had, and I wanna call my dad, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had.